0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Daily 3, your daily podcast on the NBA with me, Leonard he ran the building. That's what they came to see! So, since we didn't have any games last night because of Thanksgiving, I thought we could have a bit of a different episode, and... I'd make a sort of a review of this beginning of the season. We're 18 games into the season, so I think we already can get a couple of things straight. There's a lot of teams who we already know what they're all about, what's their end goal. There's a couple of players who had a great beginning of the season, but are kind of losing a bit of steam and a bit of force right now. And so I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how's everything and if everything that I thought would happen actually did happen or not. So starting with the rookie race for rookie of the year, it's a bit hard to talk about it because I think pretty much everyone thought Zion would be in contention for rookie of the year and he's been injured for most of this season. Actually, he's been injured for the entirety of this NBA season so far. And John Morant has really emerged as one of the top candidates, but also Miami has two very interesting rookies that I think we need to talk about. So Miami got two very interesting rookies, Tyler and Kendrick Nunn. So far this season, I think Kendrick Nunn has a bit of an edge and i puts him alongside Ja Morant in front for Rookie of the Year and it's still early in the season, I know. But so far Kendrick Nunn really has a chip on his shoulder and we can actually see that when, when he's playing. He was an undrafted rookie and so far this season he's been averaging around 16.5 points per game while shooting 48% from the field. He's making around 40% of his three-point shots, which is actually really good for a rookie. And besides that, he averages around 2.4 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and 1.3 steals a game. So these are very encouraging numbers for the rest of the season. We all know about the rookie wall, and I'm interested to see how he'll handle it once he gets to him. But I think the Miami Heat should be alright. The rookie from Duke who went to New York is a bit of a disappointment, but it's alright. I mean, we're talking about the Knicks, they're a dysfunctional franchise. So it was extremely hard for him to get anything done in New York. Still, he's had a couple of good games, he's putting up points, but, I mean, it's hard to do more than what he's been doing with that roster. He's averaging around 15.2 points per game, 5.6 rebounds and 3.6 assists, while shooting 40% from the field and 33% from three-point range. We all knew that he wasn't a gifted shooter, but still he's putting up a couple of points, and he's been important for this New York team to really try to get something positive in this season because they really don't have that much to look forward to. Then it's time to talk about John Moran, the rookie from the Grizzlies. In my opinion, alongside Kendrick Nunn, he's in front for Rookie of the Year. He's averaging around 19 points per game, 3.2 rebounds and 6.6 assists. However, his team absolutely sucks. The Grizzlies are a bad team. They do have Jaron Jackson. They have had a couple of games, a couple of tough losses against the Clippers and the Lakers. but. They just don't play good basketball. And I think that might hurt him because he's putting up points, he's putting up stats, but with a kind of poor team. And that always hurts when it comes to the rookie of the year. That's why I give the edge a little bit to Hendrik Dunn because he's playing in a good team. However, he does have less minutes and he's going to have less space to really work and develop his game. While well, Jammerant was given the keys to his franchise. The Grizzlies right now are his franchise and he can take him wherever he wants from what we saw this season, from what we've been seeing and from what we saw during college, I think he can handle it and I think the Grizzlies really have a bright future in front of them. Finally, the last rookie I want to talk about is Eric Pachal from the Golden State Warriors. He's averaging around 17 points per game, 5.4 rebounds and 1.6 assists while shooting 50% from the field. But the problem is he's only averaging around 26% from the three-point range. And we all know how the Warriors play. They need three-point shooting. He doesn't have that it's not a particular facet of his game. However, he's big, he's physical, he's strong, and he plays hard. And I think he's been really impressive so far for the Warriors. I think he's the only good thing that has come from this really shitty season. Because, yeah, I think he can be a sort of Draymond 2.0. He's younger, but he's got the same build, he's got the same skill set. And I think he can be important moving forward for the Warriors. So, if I was to put up my top five for rookie of the year, I'd have. Ja Morant, then Kendrick Nunn, then Eric Paschal, R.J. Barrett, and then finally Tyler Ejo from the Miami Heat. I think that top two players, they really can interchange between them because they're in a league of their own right now compared to all of the other players. But it's hard to really put up a top five until Zion comes back and until he actually starts playing. Because we don't know, he might come in and he might start averaging around 25 points per game and 10 rebounds, something crazy like that. And really take over the league and make the Pelicans a playoff contender, not even a playoff contender, but a great team. So yeah, I think these is my top 5. However, it might change once Zion comes back. <laughs> then comes time to talk about the MVP. And that's where things get tricky. Because right now, it's really, really hard to say who's the MVP or who's in front. There's so many players playing great basketball right now. We can talk about Giannis, who's having a great season after coming from an MVP. Luka Doncic in his second year in the league has been playing amazing and he's leading the Dallas to a really great season. I think the Dallas are a sleeper in the Western Conference because they can really put up some points. They can really make a couple of teams sweat to get a win. Then you got LeBron James, who with AD, who's also another MVP candidate, have been playing great. They have the best record in the league. I think they're 16-2 right now with the Lakers. They're playing really great. Then James Harden is averaging almost 40 points a game, which is unbelievable I mean we all knew he could put up points but that's just insane that's unheard of I mean I know Will Chamberlain averaged what 50 50 points a game for a season but that was back in the 60s 70s Harden's doing that right now in front of our eyes and I think that's something that we really need to appreciate because you never know when that's going to happen again and then you know we've got Kawhi Leonard and PG who are also in contention but I think they're in a bit of a second tier right now because i mean Kawhi has been load managing since the beginning of the season and it's hard for me to put him in an mvp race when he doesn't play every single game and when all of these other players are putting up better numbers than him so yeah that's really why i can't put Kawhi leonard in that top five top six group and npg he was injured in the beginning of the season so he still hasn't shown enough for me to put him in mvp contention You guys heard me saying a couple of episodes ago how I thought that Luka Doncic wasn't going to be able to contend for MVP because he's so young and because he's in the team that he's in. However, he is in contention for MVP right now. I mean, he's been playing amazing. And alongside Kristaps Przingis, who hasn't been having really that great of a season, he's still coming back from his injury, but he's putting up a couple of points, putting up a couple of rebounds. He's helping Doncic. But, I mean, Lucas's is just a I mean, he's 20 years old, and the way he plays... I know he's been a professional for five, four or five years when he was in Real Madrid. But still, I mean, the NBA is a whole different animal. And he's been dominating the NBA like he's been there for five, six seasons. I mean, it's amazing the basketball IQ and maturity that he has. But, I mean... I have to put LeBron James in front right now. I mean, the Lakers have the best record in the league. He's their most influential player. You can argue that AD has been having better stats, but if you take LeBron out of this team, the Lakers are going to dip, and they're going to dip really hard. They're going to fall because LeBron's not only his passing, it's his leadership, it's his scoring, it's his rebounding. It's the way that he influences the game. It's the way that other players look at him whenever they're feeling a bit down and how he lifts them up. I think there's no way around it. In my opinion, right now, I'd put LeBron James in front and then Luka and Giannis and then Harden. Yeah, and then everyone else because Harden's putting up a lot of points, I know, but it's tough for me. I know it's hard because you need to look at it from a clean slate and then just evaluate this season and he's been insane this season. But the Rockets have had a couple of Really crappy games, a couple crappy losses. And I mean, he scores a lot. It's insane. But I think that when he can't score, there's no other facet of his game that can allow him to influence the game because I don't think we're going to see him have 15, 16, 17, 18, 18 assists if he's not scoring. And let's look at Giannis. When Giannis isn't scoring, he's rebounding, he's passing, he's defending. When Lucas' shot isn't falling, he's passing the ball around. When LeBron's shot isn't falling, he's passing the ball around. He's rebounding. Harden doesn't have that. Harden shoots, he scores, and that's it. And that's why I need to put him either third or fourth. I mean, second, third, and fourth place. I think they can interchange between them, and they they will, because it's still early in the season, and we don't know. I mean, Harden can go on another stretch and score. 40 points a game and the the Rockets can go 6-7-8-0 and, and then, yeah, maybe he's top two or, top, or he's top of the MVP ladder. But until then, I have to put him either third or fourth. Now talking about the Eastern and Western Conference. Milwaukee is in front, followed by the Raptors and the Celtics. I wasn't expecting Miami to really get to fourth place right now. I thought they'd be more around the 7-6-5 seed. However, they've been playing really great. Jimmy Butler has really made a big impact in that team, their overall culture and defense. And so I can see them actually staying in their fourth spot, battling alongside Philly for their fourth or fifth spot. Then you've got the Pacers, the Nets, and Orlando, who are finishing the top eight. I think Brooklyn's gonna fall. I don't think they're gonna be able to keep up the pace that they've been playing because Kyrie's been injured they don't have that deep of a roster and I mean I think the Magic can really go on a stretch and win four five six games in a row and really pass Brooklyn I still believe that the Pistons have some fight in them I think they can push for that eighth seed and then you've got the Knicks Atlanta and the Cavaliers and as the bottom three I mean they're Really isn't anything surprising there. The Knicks are a dysfunctional franchise. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a dysfunctional franchise. You've heard me here talking about them. And I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers really need to trade Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love for a bunch of picks. And then just start building from the draft. Because other way, I can't see anything coming out for that team. They don't have any sort of clear heading. And I think that if they can't act now, they're going to be really bad for a long number of years. And you have got the Hawks. I mean, they've got Trey Young, but they haven't got anything else. I mean, John Collins is out for another 20 games, 15 games, something like that. And besides that, I don't think they really have anything else. I mean, Jabari Parker has been having a good beginning of the season, but it's still not enough for the Eastern Conference, who actually is stronger than we thought it would be. Finally, we have the Western Conference, where the Lakers are in first place, followed by the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Rockets, then the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Timberwolves, and finally the Suns finishing up in the 8th seed. I think that the Suns are actually quite a surprise. I wasn't expecting them to really go and try to push for the playoffs. Sacramento, who's in the 9th seed, the Blazers, who are in the 10th, and then the Thunder, who are in the 11th. I mean, the Thunder, I thought they'd be really bad this season. They have Chris Paul, they have Steven Adams, and that's it. They don't have enough quality to go for and try to push for the playoffs it's the truth portland now with carmelo i think they can go and try and get in that eighth to seventh seeds like contention the pelicans they don't have zion and that's a big what if if he comes back and if he's healthy and if he plays like we saw him playing in college i think they can really try and get in the fight for the playoffs then san antonio sucks you've heard me talk about it i think that they really should try and trade the Mart Rosen, trade Lamarcus Aldridge for a couple of picks. I mean, I think this should be Pop's last season coaching the Spurs and coaching overall. I think he's 70 years old, and I think it's Pop's time. And then the Warriors are in last place of the Western Conference. Everyone knew they were gonna suck once we found out that Clay probably isn't gonna play the season and once Steph broke his hand, then I mean D'Angelo has hasn't been healthy. Draymond hasn't been healthy and they have no one really that they can count on to put up points and to really take him to a win I think they have a lot of good rookies like Eric Pershal but besides that I think it'll be interesting to see if they get a top three pick I think we can see a revival of the Warriors because I mean Clay's coming back Steph's coming back Draymond might be coming back and if they get like a top three player alongside D'Angelo I think we can actually see this Warriors team go and really make a push next season. Not this season. This season's done for the Warriors. That's all for today, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you want more of this sort of episodes where I'm giving a bit more opinion, not just talking about the games. We've got 13 games tomorrow. So yeah, be tuned because there's going to be a long episode tomorrow. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe to the channel in your chosen platform. So you're always up to date whenever a new episode comes out. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. It's at DDaily3. And if you want to know more about the NBA, the NFL, or just European soccer in general, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Leo underscore Bourdons. That's L-E-O underscore B-O-R-D-O-N-H-O-S. That's all for today, guys, and I will see you tomorrow.